Hello and welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. We're back for another episode. Today we're going to introduce you to our new Robertson County sports reporter, David Wilson, who just uh, just got hired this month. He's in his third week on the job there for the connection and Main Street Preps. So excited to introduce you guys to him and get to know him a little bit better. Tyler and I are also going to discuss some high school football storylines in the area. Football practices officially kicked off in pads on Monday, and there's a lot to get to there. So before we jump into all that, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and get to David right now, who is uh, doing a bang-up job here in his, his third week uh, with the company. David, thanks for being here with us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you letting me join in. So, David, you're just kind of getting going there in your new role in Robertson County. Uh, take us through how these first few weeks have been, and are, are you settled now, or are you still kind of getting your feet under you? The first couple of weeks have been hectic, just meeting new people, introducing myself to contacts, the various schools. Um, it's a very passionate county, so I wanted to make sure I went out there and introduced myself and got to know the people there. Um, they're great people. And so I've been to several practices so far, introducing myself to coaches, whether it's football, soccer, you know, fall sports are kicking up here in a little bit. So it's been fun so far. Um, just getting to know those people. They're really passionate about their kids and their sports. So it's been great so far. Yeah. Good call, David. Best, best thing to do is just get out and start talking to people. That's how you figure it out. You, you have, you've had some cool stories so far. I've enjoyed reading them. Uh, what, what got you into sports writing, man? Well, for me, I played baseball growing up. Uh, I played a good pasture for uh, Coach Carter and Joel Golf, who's now the head coach at Heritage. So it's kind of funny how life has come full circle for me. Uh, coach Golf's a great guy. He's doing a great job at Heritage. Uh, I went over there yesterday and um, viewed their practice, and we just picked it right back off. Uh, he just He's a West Tennessee guy. I have so many stories about Decatur County and Riverside and his time there. So just good to pick up with people in the county. But for me, you know, playing sports growing up, uh, I couldn't have imagined that taking this career. But it kind of helped me. And, um, you know, I went to Trevecca and I just wanted to do sports. You know, I wanted to get into sports broadcasting at first. I really wanted to talk sports and just give that perspective and the knowledge that I learned growing up. But writing just kind of came natural as well. And so being able to cover sports, high school sports in the area, is something that I always kind of dreamed about doing. And so when this opportunity opened up, I, I jumped on and I told Dave, I said, I feel like I'm a great fit for Robertson County and just how passionate they are. I love sports. They love sports. So it's been a smooth transition so far. That's pretty neat that you get to cover one of your former coaches. You've got, kind of got the inside track there. You'll have the inside <laughs> scoop on what's going on over at White House Heritage. I have some interesting stories about Coach Golf, to say the least. I remember my junior year, we made the state tournament in 2017 at Good Pasture, and we were going up to play, um, excuse me, Watertown one night. Uh, back then, we were in Class A, and so we had to make the trip with Trousdale County, uh, Watertown, Red Bull, and Springs, and Gordonsville. And we were almost late to the game at Watertown because Coach Golf had the tradition that he would stop at home and brush his teeth before the games. And so uh, that was interesting to say the least, but Coach Golf, uh, he's a great guy, and he's done, like I said, a fantastic job at Heritage. I've stayed close with him. I played uh, with his son, Jordan Golf. Jordan was a senior when I was a freshman at Good Pasture. So just a great family. And so, uh, like I said, we'll have some stories to share with the folks at Heritage about Coach Golf. 
Hey, I'm with them on that. I, I do not leave the house without brushing my teeth. So I totally understand. Uh, the it seems like after every meal, he's going to brush his teeth <laughs> somewhere. So That's awesome. he's a great guy. So David, you mentioned you recently graduated from Trevecca. Uh, you got to do a lot of things there. Of course, it's a, a small school. So um, even more opportunities there kind of for the taking. You were sports editor of Trevecca student newspaper. You also got to call uh, a bunch of different games for for several of their athletic teams. I guess, how did those experiences sort of uh, prepare you for what you're doing now for us? Yeah, you know, Trebekah, as you mentioned, is a really small campus. And so it's really intimate space where everybody seems to know everybody. And so one day I literally just walked into the athletic department and I spoke to Greg Ruff, who's the SID at Trebekah. And I said, I want to get involved and do more. You know, I'm working with our student newspaper as our sports editor. And I have this coverage and I know so many things and unique storylines about our teams and our athletes. And I feel like it'd be a great opportunity to get involved on our sports broadcast. And it was just so happened that they were looking for somebody to call their games. And so for me, it started off at softball. We would set up a little tent outside of center field and I'll call our softball games. And when it was freezing cold in February, March, and it just kind of stuck. Whereas I could do some basketball in the winter and volleyball in the fall. And I just got to get involved in that way. And so really talking to coaches, watching the games, um, from a live setting kind of helped me grow as a writer because you learn terminology, um, you learn to look for certain things, you learn um, what to say and um, just things like that. So being part of a play-by-play broadcast was good for me because it helped me grow as a writer, it helped me grow closer to my source list. You know, when you're there day in and day out, they grow to respect you, they grow to give you information that can help you find little neat, interesting nuggets and details that really make a story. So for me, it was just getting there every single day, being on campus. And like I said, Trevecca is a small and intimate place. You know, it's not a really big campus. It's not a really big student body. So the athletes and the student body are really close, um, getting to know each other and sharing those stories. Yeah, you touched on this a few minutes ago, David, but what have you liked so far about covering Robertson County? I mean, what are kind of the aspects that you figured out are, are – are enjoyable at this point. Yeah, they're just good people out there. They really care about their kids and they really care about their sports. They're passionate. Um, I was able to write a piece on White House Heritage Cross Country and Kevin Doty. And, you know, Kevin Doty is just a great guy. And, you know, he's been through so much and he just really cares about his kids. Uh, I was able to go out there and just meet him and just get to know about the, the people there. Um, East Robertson is a great place as well. Chase Brooks has done a great job with their football team. Um, obviously the Groves kids are really special, but you know, each place I've been to, one of my first stories was about Joe Burns and their concession stands and how unique and special it is. And this, how people pour into the student athletes there and the student body. Um, people care in Robertson County, not saying that they don't care at other places, but you know, it's a small intimate place. It's a throwback County, you know, the interstate really doesn't run through Robertson County. So it's really old school and then they care about their kids. So, David, you've jumped right in here really at a, a perfect time to not be too rushed, but to still have plenty of work to do when you when you came in around mid-July because you're putting together the football preview magazine there in Robertson County. So far from your research, I mean, what's, what's an intriguing football storyline in the area to watch this year? Well, it's interesting because for Robertson County, there's a lot of 
firepower with Springfield and East Robertson, as people know. But those two programs are looking at new quarterbacks this year. You know, Springfield, Devin Crenshaw moves on, you know, a two-year starter who played some unbelievable football, was Offensive Player of the Year last year um, for the connection and was on the All-Robertson County team. They're turning to a new quarterback, and it's looking like it's going to be Parker Betts for Dustin Wilson in that group. Um, they graduated 19 seniors from last year's class, so they're going to be young at several position groups. So how can they – um, learn on the fly uh, during this scrimmage period early on um, in August and how can they develop before their home opener against Greenbrier and they're playing in a loaded region that's going to feature Beach and Hendersonville that already has Henry County so that's going to be a tough draw for Springfield but I know Dustin Wilson I said in you know the article that I'm writing that they're just consistent in everything that they do that they care about Springfield so I have a feeling that they're going to make some headway and you know try to get that third consecutive 10-win season. Um, Greenbrier, as I mentioned, who plays Springfield opening weekend, they're the only team in the county that's returning their starting quarterback from last year. Nolan Carson, who's a senior, is going to be the guy for them. He missed their playoff game versus Lexington last year due to injury, but he's the only guy returning in the county um, that's going to be the um, quarterback um, coming from last year. I mentioned East Robertson. They're graduating their quarterback, Colin Cook. Um, was an all-county guy once again. They're going to try to decide between a senior and a freshman. So Chase Brook ha has some decisions to make there. But um, even at Joe Burns, you're looking at a new quarterback. White House Heritage with Scott Murray, you're looking at a new quarterback. And then at White House so, um, as well. So it's going to be interesting to see quarterback play is so um, key in high school football. So who's going to be the quarterbacks for this team moving forward? Yeah, you are all over it, man. You've learned a lot so far since you've gotten here, it sounds like. Um, what You've had some, like we talked about, some different roles in sports. You've obviously were an athlete, been to a ton of games. I'm sure there's a lot of these, but what's maybe the most wacky thing you've seen at a sporting event in your, uh, in your time so far? So I wasn't there exactly, but I heard about it. Um, a state championship game a few years ago, I think it was Greenbra Greenback, in somebody, and it was in the state championship game for baseball. It was a tie game um, in the bottom half of an inning. And Green, I can't remember who they played. I think it might have been Trinity Christian. And Trinity Christian hits a walk-off base hit. And instead of the runner going to touch first base to end the game, they just immediately went into the dog pile celebration. And it turned out that Greenback was able to make the throw to first base on the base hit to the outfield and continue the game moving forward. Um, that was pretty a wacky moment for me, kind of heartbreaking moment for them and how that game ended. Um, for me personally, playing baseball, I remember my junior year of high school, we were playing against Gordonsville in the district championship game in 2017. We were playing at Watertown High School, and that district championship game went 18 innings. It went to 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, there's a funny story. One of our parents, um, her name is Tammy Angel. Um, her son Camden was part of the team. She got so hungry. It was 2 a.m. in the morning that she ordered pizza. So she called the local Watertown pizza place and said, I need a pizza. Um, can you bring it to the baseball field? Well, apparently she realized that there are multiple Watertowns in the United States. And she accidentally called a Watertown up in Wisconsin or Michigan. And so she's on the phone with the delivery guy trying to get this pizza to the baseball stands. And he's like, I'm circling the parking lot and there's nobody here. So um, it was funny. And it turned out they were in a completely different state. But um, playing in an 18 inning game till 2 a.m. in the morning 
was wild against Gordonsville. Um, to win that game, it was even wackier. Um, we had a base hit to right field, and a play was coming to third base, and the outfielder threw the ball to third base, and the ball went past the third baseman under a little fence, and a fan who for water, uh, for Gordonsville rather tried to take the ball and just kind of throw it back over the fence like it didn't go under. Uh, tried to fool the umpire. So um, I know that's a long story, but uh, I've seen some wacky things on a baseball field, uh, to say the least. Well, speaking of baseball, David, this summer you've had the opportunity to work with the Sounds, or I should say Major League Baseball, as an automatic ball strike tech at Nashville Sounds games. And in AAA, there it's a little a little bit different from what people are seeing in, in the MLB right now. I believe the MLB just has the challenge system in place, but some of the AAA games are actually fully uh, automatic ball strikes. Like the system is just calling balls and strikes. I guess, can you tell us about that? What And what are some of your impressions of that system and, and how it's working there at uh, over the Sounds games? Yeah, this was a unique opportunity that I got to have um, this year. This is the first year in the International League, which is really east of the Mississippi, um, to have the automatic ball strike system in place. Last year was just really in the PCL, which is the Pacific Coast League out west. So basically this opportunity came for me as I was an intern last year with the Nashville Sounds I was fortunate to work with Chad Seeley and Colin Perry, who are the communications managers and assistant there for the sounds last year and just learn and grow under them. Um, we kind of talked about what helped me grow as a writer, being around them and learning to write about baseball was really key for me. I played it, but knowing how to write about it and interview players and find stories, that was key as well. But, you know, I got that opportunity and Colin reached out to me this year and said, you know, ABS is coming to the International League and we want somebody who's really familiar with our park and baseball to be a part of it. So really for me, my pregame duties are on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'll go to the stadium about two hours before first pitch and I'll meet the umpires and I will deliver a Riedel um, pack. It's a Blero pack that has an earpiece attached on weeknights and he will be told ball or strike. Um, we have a system in place with the Hawkeye system that has cameras all around the ballpark that has customized strike zones for every player that walks up to the batter's box. So my strike zone would be different from Tyler's and Tyler's strike zone will be different from Russell's. You know, it's customized to your, towards your height. So it is 51% of your height is the top of the zone, 27% at the bottom. So it's just really unique how um, Major League Baseball is trying to implement that on weeknights. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it's automatic ball strike. There is no more arguing with the umpire. It is what it is. Either it is a ball or a strike. Um, I've had people and managers talk to me about it, and they've had mixed feelings about it. You know, it takes away the catcher and building a relationship with the umpire. You know, a good catcher is going to build a relationship with the umpire and maybe get a ball that's a little bit off the plate. Well, that takes that relationship and a p catcher's pitch framing ability out of the out of the question. You know, the system is going to call the pitch. Um, the umpire hears it through his earpiece, and that's it. And we keep we keep playing. On Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it is the challenge system. So basically, is each team receives three challenges that night. The umpire does not wear a, um, the earpiece. He takes it out. He'll have it handy on his shirt, and he's going to call the game normal. Now, if the pitcher, the batter, or the catcher feel like he missed that pitch, that they can tap their helmet or they can tap their hat and they can challenge. And um, I'll send a replay of a graphic up to the scoreboard 
and um, shows a 3D image of the strike zone. And that's how we decide um, whether it is a ball or a strike. So it's interesting to see how teams use that challenge. Um, the umpires are right more often than um, you think. Um, I think it's 55% um, confirmed rate on those challenges on the weekend. But it's just interesting to see um, how um, MLB has implemented it. This so far, I think we all feel like the challenge system is going to come to um, the big leagues at some point. Uh, I don't think ABS is a system that will take place um, at the big league level. You can't take the human element out of it because I just feel like, you know, you need to have them back there. Um, but the challenge system, I feel like people really enjoy. And I think we'll see that at the big league level here in a few years. Fascinating stuff, David. Okay, 30 seconds because we got to get you out of here. Uh, what's the what's the item you're looking forward to most to trying on the, the Joe Burns concession menu? Probably the – I'm a big chicken guy. I love chicken, so ch- chicken sandwiches is always good, but I'm interested to get some fried bologna as well. Well, chicken might be one of the healthier items on the menu, but fried <laughs> bologna will not be. Uh, you'll certainly burn all the calories, though, walking up and down the sideline and going back and writing your story, so no worries there. David, great stuff. We enjoyed getting to know you. Hopefully our audience did too, and uh, keep up the good work. I appreciate it, guys. A little long-winded, so sorry about that, but I appreciate you having me. You're good. Thanks, David. That's been David Wilson, our new Robertson County sports reporter. Uh, You can read his work at MainStreetPreps.com and in the Robertson County Connection each week. We're going to take a break now and come back with some high school football storylines, so stick around. every year we get it that's why southern nights is here to help we install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful customizable lighting all year round no more ladders tangled lights or cold nights outside we do the work you do the celebrating call southern nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever for a free quote give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our facebook page at southern nights You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. It's time to talk some football. Teams strapped on the pads earlier this week, and we are getting going with scrimmages on Thursday and Friday. So plenty plenty to look out for there. But, Tyler, um, man, just a lot of storylines to kind of catch up on here, uh, especially if you haven't been thinking about high school football for a while. But looking at Metro, of course, the two teams that were runner-ups last year basically had identical seasons. Pearl Cone, the runner-up in Class 4A with a 12-3 and record. East Nashville, uh, the runner-up in 3A with a 12-3 and record. Both of these teams are entering this season with very different, from very different places. Of course, Pearl Cone has got a ton of returning talent and uh, a, you know a stable head coach, Tony Brunetti, running it back, of course. Meanwhile, East Nashville graduated basically all, all of its offensive skill talent, uh, quarterback, running back, a couple wide receivers, and they're breaking in a new head coach. So, I mean, for these two teams – what do you kind of just make of where they stand right now? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of totally different situations here with Pearl bringing 
everybody back and kind of in that position where they're returning after a state runner up finish, seeing what they could have learned from that to, to maybe get over the hump where that was kind of East Nashville's last two years with, uh, of course, Jamal Stewart being at the helm and they had a quarterback in Zach Beard that was, you know, their guy, obvious what his role was and what he could do. So, yeah, I guess the question is, can, can Pearl Cone get over the hump and can East Nashville stay competitive with a, you know, with a first year coach and Damian Harris, who was with Pearl Cone during that run. But um, yeah, I mean, you just look down the list, the guys that Pearl has back, I mean, Darius Reed, uh, you know, you saw that championship game. He had six catches, 178 yards, two touchdowns. That was phenomenal. And uh, he's getting over an injury here, but it's, I think it's something that's just going to keep him. They're just going to take him slow getting into the year, but I, I, he should be able to play more. Remember he missed, missed six games last year. So uh, there's, who knows what kind of numbers he could put up with, with a full season. Um, and then Javion Kennard at running back, he almost reached a thousand yards rushing and obviously a key uh, kick return guy. I mean, can be electric in, uh, you know, in special teams and defense uh, Donovan Higgins. He's a guy I just forgot to wrote, uh, write down, but uh, has picked up offers from Vandy and Tennessee. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, this summer uh, you get your quarterback back and Keyshawn Tarleton um, Malachi Cromwell, as you mentioned, steady running back. Uh, Grayshon Beach, he's a top 50 guy in the state at linebacker, committed to Charlotte. So, uh, you know, I, they got a chance to be really good. East Nashville is kind of just to be determined. Um, but, I mean, I don't know how many times you saw Pearl last year, Russell, but I, what do you think maybe they need to do to, to get over that hump? Is there anything in particular? Yeah, it seems like getting back to that title game last year with all those players that are all coming back, That's that seems like it's going to be a really valuable experience for them. They are battle-tested. You know, they got through that just crazy semifinal game uh, out in West Tennessee. I believe it was uh, Haywood. Was it Haywood yeah. that they played? Yeah. I think that's right. I watched that. That was, yeah, that was Black Friday. I remember I was keeping up with a lot of games kind of at home at the headquarters. And uh, yeah, I was watching that. It was just insane. It was super high scoring. I mean, they had to mm-hmm. had to be- just get all kinds of touchdowns to, to stay w- with Haywood and that dynamic offense. So, yeah, I think with all those guys coming back, you got that experience, you know, you've got another year with Keyshawn Tarleton building the, that chemistry with those receivers. Everybody's a senior. I mean, I know we thought maybe last year was their year to do it, but it seems like this year really is their, their year to make a run at this. And I mean, looking at those two titles that they've got 1996 and 1997, just the amount of players that have come through since then, the amount of talent, uh, to not have a title to show for it, it just seems like they're going to be just chomping at the bit to try to break through this year. Yeah, especially that coaching staff that's been around for a while, a lot of former players, uh, and I would guess just a lot of former players around the program that just go to watch games. There's probably a lot of anticip- uh, anticipation before this year. And then um, you've also got the f- the first season of, of James Lawson High School. Um, started Had their first practice the other day at – the former school Hillwood, uh, which those students are obviously transitioning to the new school this year. Uh, I, and your guess is as good as mine, how that season will look on the field. Uh, I guess there are only, you know, Brian Lilly's taken over, uh, at, as coach after two years, uh, as at Brentwood Academy, as its defensive coordinator, uh, excited to see how he does in his first year. That's got, that's definitely a storyline to follow he, as he kicks off what a lot of people feel will be a good coaching career. But he said that there's only you would think with the new school in Bellevue uh, that, you know, a new football team so much, you know, that great campus and the new facilities that at least I thought there might be just like tons of move ins and transfers. That's really not the case. Most of the team is returning from the the Hillwood 
program last year with the exception of three guys. And then plus you've got about 38 freshmen, but uh, I don't know, I guess there's also uh, I mean, there's 88 players on the roster, Brian says. So that's certainly good. I mean, you can't go wrong at least having a lot of guys. Um, I think the coolest thing will just be, it's all new. See what the fan support looks like new stadium, you know, new traditions will start up. What will that look like on the field? I think it'll be, there might be some growing pains in games, but it'll be cool to just see the whole, the whole thing kick off. Yeah. I think what we've seen with some of these other new schools that have opened now, granted, this is a little bit different that you're basically taking one school, picking it up and moving it down the street versus, you know, Liberty Creek, Green Hill, uh, Nolansville. These are all schools that opened up to kind of alleviate some overcrowding at other schools. Um, so that does make this situation unique, but I'd imagine after a year or two, when people see those facilities, when, you know, all the teachers are in place, the coaches are in place, you're going to start to see some momentum over there. I would have to imagine, cause it's going to be state of the art stuff. And uh, also an extra wrinkle too, there on the football team, former Brentwood Academy, Austin P and Tennessee tech quarterback, Jeremiah Oatesfall is going to be their offensive coordinator. He's just fresh out of college football played last year as a, I believe a fifth year senior, maybe a six year senior. But I think having somebody young like that with some energy, um, somebody that's familiar with Brian Lilly from Brentwood Academy, I think that uh, could be a good combination there as they're trying to get their offense going. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, I mean, kind of moving to the the private school state title race. I, I've got the D2 AAA race written down as the number one storyline because it's going to be so fun. But uh, let's visit the D2 AA. I mean, you've got a really good chance that CPA could potentially win a title with the players that that they bring back. You know, a quarterback, uh, Braden Streeter. You got Cruz Law. You got Andre Evans. Um, you know, on the offensive line, John Wayne Oliver. There's a lot of talent there, and that that rate that that title you know, pictures change with Lipscomb Academy moving up to D2 AA and then D2 single A, obviously Nashville Christian got to that title game last year and returns Jared Curtis, one of the best quarterbacks in the country in his class. So definitely interesting there. Uh, I don't know. I've got a lot written down for D2 AAA Russell. We don't have tons of time, but I mean, I don't want to ask you to pick a champion or anything, but what, what's the most intriguing part about this, you know, this, uh, one, two, three, five team race. I guess if you don't count Innsworth, uh, I hate to leave them out, but the other the other teams above them are, have got so much talent. I think it's going to be hard. Yeah, definitely going to be hard. And the crazy thing about that league, I had to double check, Tyler, but it, only 11 teams. So, I mean, you've got a one in yeah. 11 chance on paper of, of winning the uh, state title. And that's not something that anybody in any other classification can say. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep coming back to Brentwood Academy in Lipscomb. I got to see Brentwood Academy a little bit last mm-hmm. week in seven on seven. And man, George McIntyre, he looks like a veteran now. Not that he wasn't already maybe towards the second half of last year, but he just looks so smooth out there. So, so calm. I know it's just seven on seven, but to have somebody like that to build around uh, for the next couple of years, I think is great for them with the transfers they've got coming in. That's going to help. They actually only had one player, uh, I believe Neo Clifton that caught a varsity pass that's, that's back. So uh, they really did need some some help there, and I think they've got it with T.T. Hill and Shavar Young and some of the other guys that have come in. And, of course, you look at Lipscomb and that defense that they've got, Edwin uh, Spillman, Caleb Beasley. I mean, they're not going to be giving up many points. So those are kind of the two that I'm looking to, at least from the area there in that race, but definitely wouldn't count out NBA. You know, they're breaking in potentially a new quarterback there and Hugh Price, uh, 6'5", sophomore with offers already from Michigan, Boston College, and Pittsburgh. So trying to replace Marcel Reed, that's not a bad way to do it if he's the guy that ends up getting that job. 
Yeah. And then, of course, just those are the area teams. Baylor, uh, defending champion, Amari Jefferson, Whit Muschamp, uh, Max LeBlanc back. Those are those are top 50 guys in the state. Uh, Jefferson's really talented. And McCauley, you know, uh, Jay, quarterback Jay uh, St. Hilaire, Vandy commitments back. So definitely going to be some teams out of the area. I'm just I'm going to skip over our Mr. Football candidates, Russell, because it's early for that, and we'll see what happens. Although there are definitely some candidates to keep an eye on, but the, the I guess the most immediate storyline are all the transfers that inevitably are are going to make their way to new schools each year. You mentioned the guys for BA. Uh, Brentwood has Baylor Hayes at quarterback. Uh, that's always nice to get a new guy. You wrote about Justice Law the other day, uh, going from Beach to Stratford. Uh, of course, Caden Powell from Smith County now at Beach. Uh, Ashton Jones at Oakland. We haven't even talked about Oakland going for a fourth straight title. Definitely a storyline there. Um, uh, Brock Montgomery at Riverdale. These are all just to name a few. I mean, there's a ton. Um, and then I, uh, I'm told that Lipscomb Academy may not be done adding to its roster. There could be a, there could be a new guy there. So imagine that um, thickens the, thickens the plot in D2 AAA. So yeah. Yeah, certainly a, a great collection of talent there in that league. And, across the board. But uh, that's about all the time we've got for today. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got plenty of high school football coverage coming to the site this week at MainStreetPreps.com. want to let everybody know again, one more time, this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Main Street Preps This Week. Mm-hmm.